once again, and welcome to episode 97 of B Boomer Unleashed, the history of presidential elections, part six, an interview with Jimmy Allen, part two. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of B Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into part two of this recorded interview with Jimmy Allen, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed, on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. You can also find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at bboomerunleashed, and on Twitter at bboomerunleash1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com with your comments, criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the show. Well, last week we posted part one of that recorded interview with Jimmy Allen, as we discussed the 2020 presidential election. Well, this week we finish our recorded discussion of arguably the most memorable election in the history of the United States. Let's go to the conclusion of our recorded interview with Jimmy Allen now. Here's another thing people don't say, Jerry, and I noticed this. The, the election, the Senate election in the state of Michigan, you had incumbent Gary Peters a Democrat, who, I'm going to watch my language, I've listened to him speak, I've checked his record, I don't know that he's ever done anything. Right. I mean, I really can't find one, nothing that the man has ever done. On the other hand, you have John James, a young, black, Republican, conservative, very popular, very articulate, out there campaigning. James was up like 150, 200,000 votes in that Senate election. Right. Okay, when they come back, and he ends up losing the election by less than one, I think it was, I don't know, as the votes came in, the Democratic numbers kept going up. Of course, if people in Detroit are just feeding ballots, the point is, James had that election won, and had James won that election, we wouldn't be going through this uh tipping point in, in Georgia in because Georgia. we would have had it already. It would already have 51 votes. Well, and Georgia has some of the loosest voting registration oh. laws. You don't have to have, you don't have to prove residency for 30 days to vote in Georgia. So they're moving people. I'm hearing that they're moving people to Georgia. People are providing a room for them to stay in so that they can vote in this runoff election. How, ma- how much money? <laughs> and you hear that American corporations are Ten, Verizon gave Black Lives Matter $10 million. Right. For what? I mean, people still don't understand what Black Lives Matter is. And it's not a question of Black Lives Matter being something that white people are racist against. No. That's not the case. The The term Black Lives Matter is one that any human being would accept. Yeah. Sure. And then when you say all lives matter, you're persecuted, you lose your job, you're threatened. But the Black Lives Matter... Organization is not the Black Lives Matter phrase. No. And, you know, it's been told and told and told, and people still don't understand that. And their first first platform, and you can read it, it's online, do away with the family. Do away with the do family. Do away with the American family. That's what they want. And look at what that has done to the black community. Community. Yeah. 
that and that just shows the hypocrisy right there. Well, and Black Lives Man, uh, Matter is funded by a bunch of rich white men. Yeah. And uh, they are using the plight of the black man to their social advantage. Mm -hmm. And Black Lives Matter has really nothing to do with black lives and everything to do with anarchy. And it gets back to parsing over politics. It doesn't matter if it's Democrats. It doesn't matter if it's good for the country. It doesn't matter if it's good for the people. It doesn't matter what the whatever they're trying to say or do means. They're going to do it. It's right. You're going to get in line and you're going to follow it. Yeah. And look at what they try to do. And you were talking about this Senate candidate, very bright, articulate young oh. black man. And, and look what they do to those people, those black folks who are conservative and who have... Candace Owens is one of the brightest young women. Absolutely. Not just brightest young black woman. Candace Owens is one of the brightest young women I've ever listened to in my life. And, she is, and they made her out like a oh. lunatic. Just, can, just terrible. We can start listing all of Herschel Walker. Oh yeah. The Republican convention. Now we can. The Democratic National Convention made me ill. I couldn't watch it. No. I couldn't watch it. I mean, I'm honestly, I just couldn't watch it. But the Republican, it was so inspirational. Right. Some of the, and it's not just because it was Republican. Oh, you're just a Republican. You're just a, right. you know, you're just a, well, I don't know what word they could use. All that kinds of words. It was inspirational because they were saying a message that touched. Everybody in the country. Right. They're talking about the mutual, the benefit of the good of the people. What do you get from, what's Joe Biden going to do? We don't even know what he's going to do. No. But when you say on the first day of your administration, your number one priority is rejoin the Paris Peace Accord? Yeah. That wouldn't be in the top hundred. No. And, uh, you know, he wants to get in this big climate group, and then uh, he wants to... Um, uh, well, excuse me, Jerry. I don't, climate change is another thing they can't explain. Oh, they can't. Global warming, they can't explain what that no, is. They have no I mean, clue. they just throw, throw it against the wall. And we evidently have a college-age mentality now that's been uh, indoctrinated and been told this, I guess. That's what we hear. I mean, my daughter just graduated from college, and, you know, we've had some rough conversations, and they do see things differently. But, you know, I saw things differently than my dad did back when I was their age, and you did too. Yeah. Things change, but they don't change like this. They don't tilt like this where everything goes one side and everything is not to the beneficial of the good of the nation. Right. And there's the, and what I, I don't see anything good of the nation. No. Now, if they can tell me what they're going to do and how it's going to help me, when they tell me they're going to triple my taxes, or that's not something that I no. want to hear. And I can't imagine any person in the country that would go along with that. Well, the first thing he's going to do, he's going to remove all the Trump tax cuts. He says, well, we're not raising taxes. We're not going to stop fracking, he says, but they're going to tax fracking into non-existence, you know. And, uh, you know, they're just, and I tell you what, when I watched Kamala Harris or Kamala or however she says her name um, in her debate with uh, Vice President Pence, she looked like some prissy little middle school girl. She did. Mugging to the camera and making, rolling her eyes and smiling and making faces. Made at least five times, I'm speaking. I'm speaking, I'm interrupted, speaking. Interrupted him while he was speaking. Yeah. I mean, and you could just see the two differences. Yeah. There was the two differences right there. And, right. you know, I understand old-fashioned viewpoints and old-fashioned train of thought, and you have to adjust to, but you don't make policies that are going to destroy your nation. No. You don't do that. But that's what's happening. And that's what's and, happening. And we're told that we're, we're we're not very smart or we're not because we, we go along with it. Well, and Kamala Harris in her campaign said these people need to protest until 
They get what they want, basically. The squad did, too. Yeah. That lady in Boston said, go to the streets. Yeah. But I saw a lady last night, uh, a Republican House representative from Florida. She just got elected. She, she gave her life story. She grew up dead, dirt poor, a white lady. Mm-hmm. Her name was Kat Kamak, I think her name was. But she, the more she went along, she was very, and she said, we, I, she said, I'm one of the 19 pro-life Republican House members that are coming into this Congress, and we're going to form our own squad. And that was, you know, that was encouraging for me to That's hear. That's good. Well, They're yeah. going to come in there, and it's not going to be person over policy. It's going to be policy first. What's Nancy Pelosi's policy? Who knows? Well, who would, that's what I'm saying. Who would know? I don't. I don't know. No. Other than Trump, bad and uh, we good. We good. <laughs> yeah. Let's shift gears here a little bit. You and I grew up in. I feel the absolute best time a kid could grow up in. You know, I mean, we grew up. You could uh, ride your bicycle down the street. Your parents could let you go out and play as long as you were home by supper. You didn't have to lock the doors in the houses. You didn't have to worry about a drive-by shooting at school and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and what we've come to today, and you and I, I think, probably also, Jimmy, taught during some of the best times we could oh, teach. And, and we, we watched it change dramatically over the years. Education, you know, if P, if the last time... People in our generation or even uh, younger than us, if the last time that they were in school was when they were students, they wouldn't recognize it today. Oh, no. How, you know, our kids today um, are being inundated. Uh, you know, they've rewritten history books. They've uh, trying to teach math a different way. I mean... They even got away from teaching cursive writing in school. Uh, and instead of uh, reading in middle school, uh, reading some of the classics and reading literature, they've got them reading tech manuals and, and how to put your weed eater together and stuff like that. What what in the world has happened to education? Well, it's, it's why, but before I answer that, let me go back to what you were saying about when we grew up. Now, sure. when I was in high school, it was a, if it snowed, and it was a snow day, we would meet over at the football field and play football in the snow. Absolutely. Play wiffle ball, shoot basketball. Now, I just read New York City, playgrounds in New York City are rumored and have been for years as the fertile development of basketball players. Right. So many great players. They don't. They can't even play anymore because of the drive-by shootings, the violence. They don't even do that anymore. Right. Everything has changed as far as what you... To me, the two biggest changes, one is the Internet and the other is the cell phone. Right. Kids' attention span, they are so... I mean, you can just see it everywhere. It has taken over this nation. The attention span, what you're interested in, it's all right there in front of you. You've got your whole life right there on a the phone. Yeah. Oh, what's it? Well, just let me look at my phone. And... Kids cannot converse. No. They don't have the ability to talk. And if they do, it's in an aggressive or, a, uh, what's the word? I don't know. They want to argue. Yeah. And, and you, you know, and my dad told me stuff, and I didn't believe him. But as I got older, I found out he was right. You remember, you, 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 I'm sure the same happened to you. The older I got, the smarter my dad it's got. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. It works. When I was in college playing basketball, I hated the guy I coached for because he ran us, and he worked us to death. Yeah. But... 
right as I was getting ready to graduate and right as I got into my coaching career, I started remembering the things he did right. and why he did them. Right. And it, it all came, you know, it makes sense. Makes sense. Faith is a big word, Jerry. You've got to have faith in something. I don't have much faith in the Democratic Party. No. I mean, I don't even know if I have any faith in the Republican Party, but at least I felt like we had somebody that represented us, somebody right. that cared for us. And when you see a man that go out there, start at 10 o'clock in the morning, stand in driving snow, cold temperatures, and gives five rallies. Right. And the other guy sits in the, his basement and comes up and grins and answers two questions and gets 78 million votes, 10 more than the Messiah, Barack Obama. <laughs> and Trump got 9 million more votes than he got last time. Now, we had huge gains in uh, statewide elections. Governors, we have more Republican governors now. We had huge gains in the House of Representatives. Right. Nancy Pelosi will probably be voted out well, if they were smart. One would hope, yeah. yeah. And, and Trump loses by 5 million votes? Yeah. It's just, it doesn't pass a smell test. No, it doesn't, because, you know, they gained uh, a lot of, uh, uh, gained a lot of seats, uh, in the House, and of course the Senate race is contested right now, but look at the uh, seats they picked up. And like I say, Trump got a whole lot more votes than he did uh, when he ran against Hillary Clinton, and I, I just, like I say, it doesn't pass the smell test. It just doesn't Well, here's, an, here's another oddity. David Perdue in Georgia was leading Ossoff, who is probably the worst Senate candidate I've ever seen in my life. Anybody doesn't know who that Ossoff gentleman is in Georgia, we'll just go do a little background. Yeah. <laughs> Purdue was ahead the whole night, and if he got 50.1% of the vote, they didn't have to have a runoff. You know what he ended up with? 49.9%. You know, facts are strange numbers sometimes, aren't they? Yeah, that might have been convinced. It might have, it might have turned out that way. Yeah. I'm just guessing it didn't. Yeah, it probably didn't. I don't think it did. Uh, well, uh, certainly, uh, we're living in interesting times, mm, Jimmy. Um, thing, you know, my, um, my dad and your dad both passed on. I tell you, I don't know what Dink and Leo would think about oh. what's going on right now, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> they'd have something to say about it. I'd but you say. know, Jerry, when I was, when I taught and you were principal and we worked together and so many people would always say, I don't know how you can put up with those kids. Yeah. How can you? Well, I can honestly say that I worked 42 years. Right. And there were some bad ones. Right. But there were so many good kids that were good that I know have turned into decent people. I see them. You know, you run into yeah. them in the community. You run them in the stores. There's still a lot of good out there. We just don't. Nobody hears about it. All you hear is the muck and the mire and the politics and it's just, you know, it's just, after a while, it just becomes uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And a lot of our kids have become teachers and doctors and lawyers Absolutely. and nurses. And when I, my heart blew up uh, back in May and I uh, woke up in the recovery room there after I had open heart surgery, one of the first people I saw there, a nurse, was um, a little girl, Ashley Gu. It's Ashley Black now. Ashley, probably the finest female athlete that ever came one of them that came through uh, Barbersville Middle School oh my goodness and uh, but you've got kids like that uh, that just have made us so proud but I tell you these kids today Jimmy in school they're just I don't know I don't know how you fix it I don't know if it can be fixed I mean 
President Trump at least was trying to uh, give people some school choice and some different things, you know. But I, I, I just don't know if the public school system can really be fixed. Now, there are bright spots in public schools. I think our little school over here in Barbersville is a good school. Barbersville Middle School, where you and I were, I think it's a good school. It is a good school. Our local schools here are good. Most of the schools in Cabell County are pretty good. But there are there are schools across the nation and even in our state that a teacher considers it a good day if they can get through the day without getting hurt. I, I mean, there, there's there's just so much violence and everything. Are, those are places where the the environment has been that way. That's all they know. Poverty. They feel like they've been. You know, I can understand a black person's point of view. Sure. But it doesn't change the reality that you've got to live and exist with everybody. Right. Now, we're talk you talk about something that let's just discuss this, the homeless situation in California. Right. Now when that started, there weren't hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand people homeless. No. Okay, it started. Right. And somebody should have seen it, but they didn't. No. It's just like in a school. If it starts and it keeps going, it's gonna spread. And now look at what you how are you ever gonna fix that? How will you ever fix that? You said you didn't think public education could ever be fixed. It may not. Look at the homeless. How are you going to fix that? Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep feeding money to them and keep picking the needles and stuff off the floor and stepping over the doo-doo and stuff. Now, what kind of... I mean, it's like we're not even civilized anymore almost. Well, and here's the thing. And uh, I, uh, you know, I make no bones about the fact that I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm more, uh, I would call myself a conservative more than I would a Republican. Well, you know, Jerry, you should not have to apologize for that. No, I know. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm still registered as a Republican, but a lot of Republicans have let us down, too. Oh. This, this whole system has, has let us down. But I'm also a born-again believer, and you know, we look back, Jimmy, when, when you and I were in school, we started every day with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we had the uh, Pledge of Allegiance flag, Lord's Prayer. Uh, you had uh, the Bible in school. Gideons could come in and give out New Testaments to the kids. Uh, there were uh, Bible stories that you read in, even in elementary school and stuff. And so they've taken all that out. No prayers. Uh, you know, uh, no, no praying at the ball games, uh, no Lord's Prayer at school, no Ten Commandments on the wall. You've taken all this stuff out, and and you've taken God out of schools, but yet we expect our kids to act godly. Exactly. We expe- we expect them to act with with character, and those two just don't jive. So. Mm-hmm. How do you fix the public schools? I don't think you can as long as we've got this anti-religion and anti-God philosophy uh, in our schools. And our kids just in school aren't getting much character training. And as you well know, and you spent time with your kids, you were at the ball field with them, you were different places with them, you saw the take. But now, and, and there are still good parents out there. I don't mean to put everybody in this boat. But a lot of parents don't want to be parents. They don't parent their children. They don't, uh, you know, they'll drop them off at the ball field. Yeah. We'll drop you off over there. Pick you up. I'll pick you call up me. sometime. Call, call me. me. Call me and I'll pick you up. Uh, 
families don't eat an evening meal together. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, you know, mom's got sis at cheerleading practice somewhere, and they go through Chick Fil A, and Dad and Junior they they're on their way to some other practice, and. Uh, they stop through McDonald's drive-in. They never get to get... And then, you know this to be true. You can go to a restaurant, and you'll see a family of four or five or six sitting around a table waiting on their food, and every one of them's on their cell phone. Exactly. exactly. And there's there's no conversation. So, you know, you, when, you, when you break down that kind of thing, and then you've got the breakdown of the family, and you've got people like uh, BLM whose goal is to destroy the the, uh, the family. Uh, you've got all these people that, and then you've got a wholesale butcher of babies, you know. A thousand black babies a day. Yeah, right. And, I mean, just, just the statement alone ought to alarm everybody. Now, you're going back to public education. Now, times change. You know, we have to right. adjust to the times. You know, we didn't have... Internet. We didn't. We didn't have cell phones and those no. things. But now you go to public schools. There's two things. There's two critical areas that, have, to me, number one is the lack of respect. Right. Talking kids to teachers, teachers to kids, right. communities to schools. There's no respect. No. If if I'm not the best player on the team, it's the coach's fault. It's the if coach's I didn't fault. get an A, that teacher doesn't like me. Right. And there's no accountability. No. Nobody's accountable for nothing. No. You know, it used to be kids failed classes because right. they didn't do the work and they couldn't do the work. Now, if they fail the classes, they call their lawyer, they they call somebody to talk to that teacher. Oh, you could, get, you know, it's just these little cracks in the payment that have now got us to where we are. And every case is different in education. You know, you can't compare Barbersville Middle School to an inner city middle school in New York City. Right. No. But I always, you know, everybody says. I'm proud to say I'm from West Virginia because I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. No. Right now, in this time, in this environment, in this country, and you give me a choice between Detroit and Barbersville. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Barbersville. Yeah, me too. Well, it didn't take West Virginia long to call a winner, did it? And you know we were the only <laughs> we were the only state in the nation that voted for Donald Trump in all 55 counties. Yeah, absolutely. Every county. Every only county. One. Yeah. And a, and a historically. Democratic state. Well, you remember when we were in high school, Jerry? Well, yeah. was all You couldn't get elected registered. to anything if you were a Republican. When I voted, when I first became old enough to vote, you know, I asked, my dad said, you vote, you register Democrat. We all did. And the more along, I, I didn't align with Democratic policies and views, but local elections were all Democrats. Now, I voted I don't care to tell everybody. I vote a straight Republican. Sure. I, I won't vote for another Democrat as long as I live. That's just my right as an American, right. and it may be wrong. Right. But, you know, what you see is what you get with me, and I think that's another thing that's wrong with the country. People hide their emotions. They hide their feelings. They're afraid of saying something. You know, we don't agree on everything. Right. We can sit here, but we're not going to start hitting each other and cussing each other out and calling you a racist or you don't agree with me. <laughs> and that's what becomes now. If yeah. you're not with, and it's a power struggle. Oh, yeah. Well, try making a conservative comment on Facebook <laughs> and uh, people that you thought you knew pretty well are now calling you a racist yeah. or something, you know. Well, and racist is the... That's the... That's the news. Well, that, they've worn that word out. They're yeah. going to have to find them a new one. They I don't need. know what it's going to be, but that word is... I think that word's pretty dead. Yeah. And I think when it's all said and done, whether Donald Trump is put back in or not, he's left his mark on this country. Well, and I just hope he's healthy enough to run and 
2024. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it might not be good for the country, but then again, I just want to see if he still got it in him, and I will never doubt him. Well, uh, I don't know that this is over yet, Jerry. It's a long shot. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. But you can turn your eye to it. And you can say, oh, there's nothing there, and you can have Joe Biden declare this and that. It no, matter. I think I think the election was stolen. Oh, I, I really do. Something happened. But whether that is proven or not is another thing uh, because it's a time factor too. Yeah. They don't have a lot of time. They don't have a long and, you know, time to do it. Walk and once it gets close to the, it's going to be an interesting couple months. Well, if I had if I had Donald Trump's money, I'd start my own cable news network. I think he's thinking about doing it. And I would just uh, I would just. Well, look what's happened to Fox News in the last Oh, years. my goodness, Fox News. CNN beat them in the last three nights. Yeah. That hadn't happened in the last five well, years. Well, after they called that race... Uh, 1% of the vote in the With 1% of the race, they uh, vote, they called Arizona. I think a lot of people switched off Fox News, and they're never going to turn them back on well, again. Why would they do that? I don't know. Why would you stop the vote count in all these states? Doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> and, uh, you know... I guess it's not our... Position to question, just accept it. But we should have known on election night who the president was. You know, we shouldn't I be. I thought I did when I went to bed. Well, yeah, I think we all did. I said, well, I think he's got it, got it going. And then you wake up the next morning and good night, what happened, you know? Yeah, and, and there could be somebody listening to this and saying, what are those guys talking about? You know, I'm a fair, I like to think of myself as a fair minded person. Now, people might not agree with that, but that's fine. I'm willing to listen to somebody on the other side of the aisle. Right. I don't look at a Democrat as a somebody that I'm at war with. Right. That's a fellow citizen of the United States that just sees things a little bit differently. But when what they see, I just don't I don't know how anybody, I don't care what party you're on, yeah. that platform of policy is death to America. I mean, right. that's the real death to America. Right. Well, Jimmy, it's been uh, good. I think uh we beat this thing around about all we can beat it around. I, I tell you, it's just, uh, it's frustrating. It's um, disheartening that uh, to think that somebody would steal an election like that in this country. But, um, you know, God's in control. And, uh, you know, maybe that's his way of, if Biden's inaugurated, uh, named president of the United States, maybe that's his way of bringing judgment on this country. Because I'll tell you, I don't think God can ignore uh, the wholesale butcher of millions and millions of babies. There is so much, the drugs, the, the, the hypocrisy, the violence, the crime. I mean, we're a mess. Oh, this country's a mess. It's... And, you know, the point you made about the financial, once that starts going, oh yeah, once you start taking money out of people's pockets, once you start not being able to do this, once they lock you down for, well, they're talking about a lockdown now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not against a lockdown if that's in the greater good for the nation, but I don't know that it is because you can't get legitimate information. No. You get one. Well, and you're going to shut down the economy again and, and just make things worse. But you know how it was. You've seen teachers come. You've seen go over the years. I would watch a new teacher come to work, and that first year he or she taught, they were sick all the time. They caught everything. After they had been there for about a year, you could walk into a room of people with the bubonic plague and not catch it because you built up right. a resistance. Mm -hmm. I think the worst thing you can do 
for your resistance is to stay cloistered away and not be out among people. And uh, But they've got everybody locked down. they got the country locked down. And, of course, today when we're making this recording, it's Friday, November the 13th, and Governor Justice just today mandated masks in all public places. It's a mandate now, effective midnight tonight. You can't... Well, there again. Okay. A mask. If all they're asking you to do is wear a mask... Yeah. I, I, most people, but how many times have you read where masks do nothing? We've been told they don't do any good. Well, one of the, one of the one of the best analogies I heard, Jimmy, was keeping the virus out with one of those masks is like treat, keeping mosquitoes out with a chain link fence. Well, that just puts it. That so why would you? Why do you need to wear a mask? At? Hey, you don't because all these states that have these mask mandates, the numbers are going up. And he's canceled all winter sports. So there you go. Gone. Is that Marshall and everything? That's, uh, well, I don't know if it's college or not, but I know so it's all the high school sports. sports. Oh. Yeah, he did that today. Well, look at the football seasons this year. And yeah. I know sports is a small drop in, but, to you know, it's It's important to kids. It's very important to kids. And kids, you know, and they... They don't tell you that kids are not dying. We hear, well, there's 2,000 new cases. Well, I don't care if there's 200,000 new cases. The number I'd like to be concerned with is the death rate. Right. And people, you know. 99.9% of people are recovering. And you've got elementary kids wearing masks all day long. They're going to spend their whole day worrying about getting their mask. I mean, it's just everything is so convoluted and it's just crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Well, Jimmy, uh, we'll do this again sometime. Jerry, it was my pleasure, brother. We, You've always been somebody that's important to me. You've been a good friend. We spent a lot of time together. Yeah. We might not know a lot, but yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not too smart, but we sure are handsome, aren't we? <laughs> it's good to talk with Thank you, you brother. brother. You take care. Well, that concludes our interview with Jimmy Allen as we talked about the 2020 election, talked a little bit about education, talked a little bit about the family, just talked about a whole lot of stuff. I hope you enjoyed uh, our discussion there together. I know I enjoyed it. Uh, Next week, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. Uh, My plan is to talk a bit about holiday traditions over the years. And uh, we might uh, take a little break from the election and move on to that. And then if we ever decide who the president of the United States is going to be, then we'll come back and do a follow-up episode on that. But, wow, it's been good to be with you folks again. uh, I hope that uh, each of you have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Hope you'll enjoy some time with your families. Um, Just get out and enjoy the sunshine a little bit and enjoy the world that God has created for us to enjoy. Uh, Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Don't be worried. Don't fret about everything that's going on around uh, because, you know, we might not know who the president is, but I know who the king is. And the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is Jesus Christ, and He's still on the throne. And this is no surprise to Him. He's got this. Well, as I always say, it's a pleasure to have you with us. It wouldn't be much fun if I was just here by myself, but uh, makes it worthwhile knowing that we've got a few listeners out there that enjoy what uh, we have to say, and I appreciate the feedback and the input. And like we always say, too, uh, if you'd like to be on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, we would love to have you. Just tell me what you want to talk about, and we'll do our very best to get you on 
the air. Well, uh, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.